1: Christian Fellowship. I'm Pastor Doug. So good to have you here this morning. For those of you that are here the first time, you made a good choice. We're going to have a good time in the Lord today because our God is good and gracious. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise that you are an awesome God. And this morning we stand in awe of your presence. And we give you glory and honor and praise for who you are and what you've done. And we honor Jesus, and we welcome your Holy Spirit here in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
2: Stand together and worship this morning.
3: We need no other hiding place. I hope it's safe within your name. This we know. This we know, you promise never to forsake what you began, you will sustain. This we know, this we know. of your word, this we know, this we know. It's a good the good land. the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, what does your song sound like? We sing of your goodness to us, Lord. Come on, churches, lift your hands and tell us something good. Lord, you rescued me from sin and shame and condemnation. You've taken me out of the miry clay, and you put my feet on.
1: God is good, good, good. His goodness is worth celebrating.
3: His goodness is
1: worth praising.
3: He's good. He's never
1: bad. He's good, good, good. That's the nature of God. Our God is good. Every good gift comes from Him.
3: Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Praise you.
1: Praise the Lord Jesus.
3: Hallelujah.
1: Glory to God. You know, whether you've walked with God a short time or a long time, God is good. He is faithful. Oh, hallelujah. I think about the times that He delivered me, that He provided for me, that His presence was with me. God is good. He's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He is a brother born for adversity. He's with you in good times and he's with you in bad times. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. Our God is good. Oh, come on. We need to celebrate his goodness. Celebrate his goodness. Celebrate your goodness, God. Hallelujah. You are good and greatly to be praised.
3: Bless your holy name. Praise your holy name.
1: Mm. You'll never taste anything better. Taste and see that God is good. Lord, we're so grateful that you are good and that you're here with us right now. You're working in your people, Lord, and our hearts are turned to you and we thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. Too many people... Set up roadblocks of resistance to my presence. I'm the Lord God. I do not fit in a box. For I am great and mighty. Yield to me. Let go of your preconceived ideas. And just take me for who I am. I am. The great I am. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, signature worship team. You may be seated. Hallelujah. What a great and wonderful day it is! It's a day of rest and worship. And we're so glad that you are here. And God is glad you're here. What we like to do here at VCF is we like to speak the word. And we emphasize a subject every quarter. And we just want to invite you to join us as we make a confession of faith based on God's word. God God has blessed us with with every spiritual
4: blessing in the the heavenly realms realms in in Christ. Christ. God the Father selected us as his own before the foundation of the world. He desired for us to be holy, consecrated, set apart for him, and blameless in his sight. The Lord revealed to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. In Christ we have received an inheritance, having been chosen according to his divine purpose, who works everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his will. When we heard the true gospel, the good news of our salvation, and believed in Jesus, we were sealed with God's Holy Spirit and protected by him. God made us alive together with Christ.
0: By his grace, we are saved from God's judgment. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls
4: with the message of salvation hope, and inheritance, to to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing
2: their benefits. Amen. Amen. So I think Miss Lisa is going to do announcements. I just want to thank uh, Josiah and Kelly for playing. Literally half of our worship team is gone. So if you're visiting with us, welcome. And you have experienced half of our worship team. But I think it's still pretty good. Amen. Because we worship God. (laughs) And uh, we are thankful that as a church we could send our uh, youth leaders and team to florida so they have arrived safely and today would be their first service that they are attending and they'll be gone for the week but uh, keep praying for them protection and that they receive all that they need to receive to come back our youth of palmyra need to have revival we need to get into our schools and have the children receive salvation at that age so as a church in the school year i'll just give you a little bit since we have so many visitors we welcome you all uh, we have our two schools, Northside and Forge elementary schools, third, fourth, and fifth grades so that we bring in here on a Thursday morning. I think it's still be Thursday this year. Maybe, uh, Ms. Chris Franchick is back there. You want to wave? She'll, she'll give you details if you need that. And then on Tuesdays, we bring in the sixth graders. We bring in the, what school is that? Middle school, middle school. See, I didn't go to those schools here. I went to another school, in another country, but <laughs> I went to college here, but, uh, we're bringing the kids to the church and teaching them about Jesus. And we've had many salvations. Isn't that awesome? And, uh, and, we, and, and in the middle school, with the middle school kids, they use uh, the curriculum that we use for our kids' life. And some of my coaching material I use to help uh, people de- decide what they should do with their life after they've been married with kids and all that. So imagine the young people getting that type of material at that age so they can start looking and building their future. Isn't that awesome? That's what happens right here at Victory. And so you're part of that. And uh, we thank you for that. And I just wanted to share that testimony today. So come on up. (laughs) This is Miss Lisa. She she writes the ship as we put cargo in it. (laughs) She's steering it
3: along the path.
5: (laughs) <laughs> good morning everybody <laughs> all right so y'all if y'all know me this is a miracle right here in a testimony of dr fiona's teaching and the high value women's group of me even standing up here so usually i'm behind the scenes but um yeah so as you know melissa and uh, pastor nadine they usually are there are regular announcers right so i'm filling in for them while they're gone so are we ready All right, so this week we have um, Tuesday there is no youth group because the majority of our youth group is down in Tampa, Florida, getting full of the fire of God. And then on Wednesday we have our Wednesday night refreshing. Come on out at 630. Awesome, guys. Just come on out and enjoy the fire of God every Wednesday. Then this Saturday we have the men, the Barnabas breakfast for all the men. All men ages 12 and older are welcome to come. We offer you a free breakfast, an awesome message by Pastor Doug, Tons of food, awesome fellowship, men. I encourage you to come on out. Bring a friend if you want. To, friend if you want to, it's all free. So come on out and enjoy on Saturday. All right, now are you ready for August? I got big news for August. The beginning of August is phenomenal. You want to talk about an amazing way to kick off August? August first, Pastor Doug's birthday. Woof, 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 woof. <laughs> I'm very excited about that. So next Sunday is the last Sunday in July, and we're going to celebrate Pastor Doug's birthday next Sunday. So you are all welcome. Come on out, stay for fellowship and some goodies uh, after service next week, and just enjoy celebrating our senior pastor, Pastor Doug. And also on, on actual, the actual first day, which is Tuesday, August 1st, the community is having our national night out. Um, I believe it's at the Palmyra, um, the middle school, yeah, the track around there. VCF is going to have a, a tent or booth out there, so we encourage y'all to come out. Just support the community, support VCF. If um, it's from five to eight, if anyone wants to like stay at the booth for for an hour or even the evening, let me know or let one of the leaders know, and um, we'll hook you up. It'll be an awesome time. All right. And continuing in August, that's just the first week in August. Then that second Sunday in August, we are welcoming Reverend Sushil Kumar. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> He is going to be with us August 6th at 10 o'clock. He is from Chandigarh, India. I am telling you, y'all don't want to miss this, um, just full of the power and fire of God, which the fire of God has been the theme here at VCF for quite a few months. So we encourage y'all to come on out, bring a friend again to see Reverend Sue All right, one more thing. Well, two, it's a cool lead in. On Wednesday, August 9th, we are having our Community Prayer and Praise Night. So we have our typical Wednesday night refreshing, right? This is Wednesday night refreshing with a twist, a twist of praise and Thanksgiving, and we can rock the house. And I don't know if you all ever heard, um, I think it was was, uh, Brother Hagen, um, his uh, videos I've watched in the beginning. They have this song, Ain't No Party Like the Holy Ghost Party, because the Holy Ghost don't stop. (laughs) So come on out on Wednesday night which actually is an awesome lead-in because that was what I heard from the Hagans Ministry and Reverend Lynette and Kenneth Hagan. who are going to be in Pennsylvania, yay, at the end of August, August 23rd to 25th. And um, you guys can check them out too. They're going to be in Spring Mills, PA, and that's actually very exciting because they are coming out from Oklahoma. So I believe that's all I have. Thank you very much.
1: That was a fantastic job, Lisa. Hallelujah. Yeah, and uh, I'll be uh, 34 with 20 years experience. That means I'll be 54. Hallelujah. Whenever it comes to age, I've, I've said this for years, I go from glory to glory. I never look bad about growing older. I have great expectation because God always does greater things. And uh, it's always better to put a positive uh, perspective on things uh, versus a negative perspective. Amen. Well, what a glorious and wonderful day. Are you glad you're here? Hallelujah. And the Lord is continuing to work. I just want to share something. Um, Our older kids will not be in class today, but our younger kids will. They meet uh, downstairs. So if you uh, want to send your younger kids there, and if you have any questions, uh, someone will be available there to help you. You can ask someone. Hallelujah. Not yet. (laughs) But yeah, we like to cheer our kids out to let them know that church is fun. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I wanted to share this scripture first from 1 Chronicles chapter 29. 1 Chronicles uh, 29, starting with verse 9. 1 Chronicles 29, verse 9. uh, David was installing um, his son Solomon as king. And he, he just described the offering that he gave to the temple. But this is after he gave... And after the leaders gave, verse 9 says, Then the people rejoiced because they had given willingly, for with a whole and blameless heart, I'm reading from the Amplified, they had offered freely to the Lord. King David also rejoiced greatly. Everybody say rejoice greatly. You know, we need to know the joy of giving. There is great joy in giving. You know, God was not upset When he gave his son to the world, right? He was joyful. He was excited. He was willing. And he goes on to say, verse 10, therefore David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly. He did this publicly. He did this openly in rejoicing of their giving and said, blessed, uh, praised, adored, and thanked are you, O Lord, God of Israel, our father. For and ever, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in heaven, in the heavens and on the earth, uh, yours is the dominion and kingdom, O Lord, and uh, you exalt yourself as head over all. No- notice this next phrase. Both riches and honor come from where? They come from the Lord. Say, riches and honor honor. come from the Lord. And uh, in your hand is power and might, and it, it is in your hands to make great and to give strength to everyone. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. So they gave, they rejoiced, they praised, and they thanked God. Amen? And that's how we need to be as givers. Now, here at VCF, we don't pass a container, uh, but you can give anytime during the service uh, as you're led, and uh, you can bring your tithes and offerings. We have a, a seed planter there, that wooden container there, and as you came in. Um, if you need a card, you can uh, do that through the bookstore. If you're watching online, you can go to our website, all kinds of ways. You know, you don't have to give, but you get to give, amen? And give, you'll never regret giving to God. I've never regretted giving my life to God. and Because and, why? Anything you give to God multiplies. It doesn't stay the same. Amen. So Father, it is my great privilege and honor to bless your people. And to bless their uh, gifts as they give unto you, Lord. And we just exalt you, Lord. And we rejoice for the uh, opportunity to give unto your kingdom. And we bless you and we praise you and we magnify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So now we're going to dismiss our younger kids. So younger kids, have a good time in your class. We bless you and praise you. Experience God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, you ready to get into the Word today? Why do we get into the Word so the Word gets into us? You know, if we're just getting into the Word and it's not getting into us, we're missing something. We need the Word to get into us as well. And I would like for you to turn to the book of Isaiah chapter 64. Isaiah 64, you know, Isaiah is a reflection of the Bible. There's 66 chapters in Isaiah and 66 books in the Bible. And uh, he talks a lot about what uh, Christ was going to do coming ahead. And uh, today, the Lord put something very interesting on my heart. I know that God brought you here today so that he can touch you. There's something that happens when the master touches you. No other touch can do what the master's touch can do for you. You know that our God is a hands-on God? He likes to get involved in your life. He'll get involved in your life as much as you let him. One thing that God will never do is he'll never override a person's will. He'll love you. Whether you love him back or not, he'll, he'll be for you, but you've got to accept him. Amen? But our God is a hands-on God. And today, I was really impressed to talk to you about the potter and the clay. The potter and the clay. You know, pottery is a hands-on business. Pots and containers don't make themselves. They have to be made. And their beauty and their value is reflected in the skill of the maker. And uh, we're going to talk about that today, and the Holy Ghost is going to show us some things. Amen? So in Isaiah... Chapter sixty-four, starting with verse five, it says, "You meet him that rejoices in works righteousness. Those that remember you in your ways, behold, you are wroth for we have sinned. In those is uh, continuance, and we have, and we shall be saved." Verse six, but we are as a, as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness is as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. And there is none that calls upon your name, or that stirs himself up to take hold of you. For you have had your face, you have hid your face from us, and have consumed us because of our iniquities. Now you're thinking, boy, this just started off really good. Just hold on. It's going to get better. But now, O Lord, verse 8, you are our father and we are the clay. And you are our potter and we are the work of your hands. Now, I want to tell you something. When God created man, he designed him to walk with him, to fellowship with him, and to be with him. And they, they had perfect, unbroken fellowship. And God walked with man in the cool of the day, and they fellowshiped, and uh, God was rejoicing over his creation, but something happened called sin. Sin came in. And instead of having a vibrant relationship with God, sin broke that relationship. And we were like clay. We were helpless. We were formless. See, without God, you don't have any life. Without God, you don't have any strength. Without God, you don't have any purpose. You know, a lump of clay has no purpose, it's just clay sitting on there waiting to be molded, waiting to be shaped, waiting to be formed, waiting to be passed. We're like that. See, sin makes us like clay. Helpless, powerless, purposeless, motionless. But then as a lump of clay, we don't have to stay a lump of clay. We can call on the potter We can ask him to stretch forth his hand and to touch us and to mold us, shape us, and fashion us into his design, into what he wants us to be, into what he knows that we can be. Only the potter can bring out the beauty of the clay. See, unclean unclean deeds and unrighteousness And our righteousness, see, by ourselves, we can't become righteous for God. We can't buy righteousness. We can't be good enough to be righteous, but we can receive the righteousness of someone who went before us. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have to have someone else we have to rely on someone else's righteousness to be righteous because we can't make ourselves righteous. Just like that clay can't mold itself, can't shape itself. Only the potter can, has the keys to unlock the beauty and the value of that piece of clay. And there's one potter. His name is Father God. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit. That's the potter. And we are the clay. Right? We're just lumps of dirt that God created and breathed the breath of life into. What was Adam before he had the breath of life? He was a lump of dirt. Man, you guys are good looking piles of dirt today. (laughs) But when God breathed his life into that lump of dirt, he became a living being. He became a living soul. He became alive. Something was activated on the inside. So when we're in a state of sin, it's not our nature to call on God. Because the enemy puts his guilt, shame, and condemnation on us. He's thinking, you're no good. Nothing can, nothing can be made out of the mess you make. But let me tell you something. We know someone who specializes in making beauty out of ashes. He can, God can take a pile of ashes and make something beauty out of, beautiful out of it. If you, if you feel like you're living in an ash pile, don't worry. There's someone who can make something beautiful out of it. There's a creator. There's a maker. There's a potter. And once he gets his hands on you, you'll never be the same. But you got to let them mold. you got to let him shape. You know, that I had to read about what a pottery does. You know, the closest thing I came to pottery was when I was in elementary school, one of my best friends and his family were in a ceramic class. And we would go once a week, and we would have these ceramic things. We had to scrape the edge off the ceramic things. Right? Then we could paint it with a glaze. Then it gets put in the fire. Then we put the final coat of paint on it. I made this beautiful owl when I was in the ceramic class. Now, I never molded the ceramic class, but I did paint it. I think my mom still has that owl today. But I made that owl. I painted it brown. I colored its eyes. And, you know, after you put it in the fire... The paint shines. It glistens. I mean, the ceramic itself, it, 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 it just looks plain, right? It's It's got that ceramic shell. There's really not much to it. But when you add paint and color to it, it's like it comes to life. And the only way that it gets its beauty is it goes through the fire. See, heaven is God's pottery studio. And the earth is his pottery wheel. Because the earth spins, right? Just like a potter wheel spins, the earth is spinning, right? This is the wheel that God creates beautiful things on. Because he is the potter. He's not just any potter, he's the best potter. So when God hides his face from us, it's like we're a helpless, useless lump of clay. But we can call upon God, and we have to recognize who he is to us. He is the potter. You know, uh, the other day I preached about Jonah, and he was in the belly of a great fish. But yet, in the belly of the great fish, he could pray. It doesn't matter where you are in life. You can pray. You can call upon God. If you're a lump of clay, you can call upon God, and God can start to do something in your life. We need his touch. We need his handiwork. We need his presence to make us into something great. We are great in God, not in ourselves. He can make, shape, fashion, and form us into something better. Hallelujah. Go to Psalm 33. Psalm 33 and verse 12. I think the Holy Spirit is helping us today. He's showing us some things about the potter's touch. And I want you to be expecting today. I want you to expect that God touch you. I want you to expect for God to touch you. Are you expecting today? Hopefully, you came here for something. You didn't just come to take a seat, but God ordained you to be here in this moment and at this time and in this day so that he could speak this into your life because God wants to do something more. Say, God's not finished with me yet. You know, essentially we're still under construction, right? Psalm 33, verse 12, it says this. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. You know what? God chose you. God chose you the piece of clay that he wants to make. God chose you. He saw something in you that no one else saw. He knows what's on the inside of you. He knows your nature. He knows your makeup. Why? He made you. He designed you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The potter. We are the clay. He is the potter. Are you ready to be fashioned and formed? Hallelujah. It is his touch that unlocks our potential. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. You're going to find this is all throughout the Bible, Old and New Testament. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2. And I want you to go to verse uh, 8. Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. God made you an offer. He gave you what you didn't deserve, right? Mercy, it doesn't give us what we do deserve. Grace gives us what we do deserve, but we didn't feel qualified for. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourself. Say it's not of myself. See, in order to be saved, we need a Savior. There's only one Savior. His name is Jesus. You can't be saved any other way. There's no other way to get to the Father but to go through Jesus. He is the only way. He's the only door. He's the only path. Not of yourselves. Salvation does not come of yourselves. It comes from the, It is a gift. He says, it is the gift of God. Oh, what a gift. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Amen. Not of works. You can't work to be saved. You can't work to be good enough. You've got to only receive the gift that God offers. Lest any man should boast. Now here's where it gets really interesting. Verse 10. We are his workmanship. That means masterpiece. Did you know that God put his signature on you? Because he made you. If you think you're ugly, you better look again because you're not. God doesn't make junk. And if something, if if sin affects something negatively, he can remake it. We're going to find out about that in a little bit. Say, I'm his workmanship. Say, I'm his masterpiece. You are Da Vinci's Mona Lisa. You are Jesus Christ's creation. Oh, I can't get ahead of myself. Why why did he work in you? Why did he make you a masterpiece? To hang you on the wall? No. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. You were created to do something good for God. You were created to do something good for this planet. I'm not talking about saving the planet. I'm talking about saving people. Because God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. There's nothing that man can do to save the planet. But we can save people by giving them the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gift of God. We we are God's masterpiece. We are God's design. We are God's handiwork so that we could represent him in this world. If you want to see God's goodness, look to God's goodness. I know it's not polite to point, but everywhere you look in this room, you can see God's goodness. You can see a reflection of God. We are made in the image of God and in his likeness. God, God didn't make any other thing on this planet in his image but us. He made us in his image and in his likeness. We are his workmanship, created for good works, which God has ordained that we should. Everybody say, we should. Yes. Notice, you doing good works is not an automatic thing. You have got to choose to do good works. How do you choose to do a good work? Number one, you give your life over to Jesus. You say, Lord, I'm yours. You're my, I accept you as Lord. Right? Once you accept Jesus as Lord, now you're, you're poised for good works. Because once you make Jesus your Lord, then, you, then he starts to show you the plan that he's already had for you. The plan about your life. The plan that he designed before you were in your mother's womb. Right? He begins to show you the plans. Hallelujah. And then he lets you choose to accept them or not. If you choose to accept this mission. This is not Mission Impossible. This is Mission Possible. Dun, 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 I like Mission Impossible movies. It's all because he's the potter and we're the clay. And the clay can't become what it was destined to be unless the potter touches it. Unless he gets his hands on it. And he begins to smooth out the rough places. He begins to build up the weak places. He begins to shape and to fashion you into what he has designed you to be. That has to come about with the loving touch of the potter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God go to philippians chapter 2 philippians chapter 2 and look at verse 13 look at your look at someone close to you if you can and say you're the work of a potter hallelujah philippians 2:13 It says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. How can I fulfill God's will? Because he's working in me. You've got to know that God is at work in you. And sometimes he encounters things in us that he doesn't like. But he doesn't leave us. He doesn't leave those things in us. He takes it out and reshapes, refashions, reforms that part of our lives. I used to work, you know, from the time I was 16 until I began to be a pastor, I had 34 different jobs. I guess I found my calling. Because I've been pastoring for 21 years now. (laughs) Or no, yeah, 21. Anyway, one of my jobs, out of the 34, I worked as a car detailer. First of all, it was my father's cousin. He owned a used car dealership. And I was a gopher. I'd go for this and go for that. (laughs) But then he bought a Buick dealership. And... He had one of the best detail persons who knew all things about cars, and he taught me how to detail cars. And when a person would buy a car, we would take that car in the back, we would clean it, we would wash it, and if it needed to be shined, we would shine it or we would buff it, right? Because we wanted to present it to the customer, shiny, new Wonderful. And that's what God does to us. He takes our mess and our mistakes and He molds, He forms, He shapes, He fashions it into something better, something different, something more glorious, something greater. Let me tell you something today. If you've made mistakes in life, God can help you overcome those things. They they don't, listen, what you did in the past doesn't have to be attached to your future. You can check your baggage and, and hope, and it's going to be lost for good. That's some baggage you need to lose that you need to, don't never find again. Amen Hallelujah. The Bible says, know that the Lord is God, it is He who made us. We are His, we are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Say, I'm God's people. people. You know, God loves his people. God hangs around with his people. God speaks to his people. God helps his people. God ministers to his people. Say, I'm God's people. people. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? God is for you. He's not against you. He's not the one working to try to steal, kill, destroy. He's trying to get some things to you. He's trying to give good things to you. That's the enemy who steals, kills, and destroys. The enemy wants, to re- wants you to remain that lump of clay that's purposeless, powerless, useless. It's just sitting there taking up space. But God wants to get his hands on you. He wants to form, fashion, shape, and mold you into something better. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. (laughs) You know, when it comes to my sermons, God picks them, I deliver them. (laughs) Because I was reading through a lot of different subjects, but this one is the one that was picked. So you all today are getting ready for a touch from the master, a touch from the potter. It doesn't matter where you came from or where you've been. God can touch you and change you and transform you. He's the glory and the lifter of heads. He's the light in darkness. He's the way maker. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And uh, we're going to let's go to verse uh, 5. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5. For we preach not ourselves. I'm not here preaching myself today. I'm preaching Christ, Jesus. We we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts. He's shining in you today to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God is the only God who shares his glory with his followers. He wants to give you the knowledge of the glory of God, right? He wants to shine in your hearts and give you the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You can experience God's glory. How many want to experience God's glory? All right, look at verse 7. But we have this treasure in what? Earthen vessels. You know what an earthen vessel is? Something that a potter made. Kings of the east used to hide their gold and their riches in clay pots. But we have, what do we have in us? What what does this word say? We have what in us? Treasure. Say, I'm a treasure chest of God. God invested his greatest treasure, which is his son Jesus Christ, which is the word of God in us. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We are vessels made of clay. But we contain the treasure of God. Don't you want to put your treasure in a bank? Don't you want to put your treasure in a safety deposit box? Don't you want to put your treasure? No. God says, I want to put my treasure in an earthen vessel. A vessel that I made. You were designed to carry God's presence. You are carriers of God. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. When God puts his treasure in earthen vessels, that means what the earthen vessel can do, he gets the glory for. Because we know that the earthen vessel couldn't do it without the treasure on the inside of it. Without the treasure, the earthen vessel can do nothing. But with the treasure, we can do all things. See, I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. Say it again, Say, so I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. Now, what does this treasure in us do? Huh. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. The treasure in us is greater than the trouble that comes against us. We are troubled on every side, but I'm not distressed. I got a smile on my face. Why? I got some treasure in me. I got treasure in me. We are perplexed, don't know what to do, but not in despair. When you don't know what to do, you can ask God. He'll show you what to do. He'll give you. The, he gave us the Spirit of wisdom. Amen. Persecuted. But not forsaken. Why? The treasure in me is greater than the persecution coming against me. Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble. But he said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the trouble. And guess what? Because he overcame, he made us to overcome. Amen? Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Why? Because we have a treasure in earthen vessels. Hallelujah. He formed, fashioned, shaped, and molded us so that he could live in us. We are the temple of God. Paul was writing to the Corinthians. He said, what? What? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Say, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So you should take care of the temple. Why? The Holy Ghost lives in there. You want to do the best you can with your body. But you can't do it without his help. I mean, it's the supernatural and the natural coming together that make an explosive force for God. Hallelujah. Mm. So our bodies were designed to contain God's will. Yeah. You can know what he wants you to do at any given moment. Mm-hmm. Our bodies are designed to contain his knowledge. You know, God always wants us to grow in the knowledge of God. We ought to know more about God today than we did yesterday. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. Our bodies are designed to contain his plan. God's got plans to prosper you, not to harm you. God's got a plan for your life. Well, I'm retired now. God's still got a plan. If you're on this earth, God still has a plan. He's got a plan for every season of your life. From beginning to end, God's got a plan. Well, how do I find that plan? Talk with him. Have a conversation with the potter. He knows... You know, a potter can make a vase for a palace or a trash can. He knows where you fit best. Let me qualify. I just said that to explain the diversity. I'm not calling you a trash can. You are a priceless vase. Say, I'm a priceless vase. But my point is that, you know, uh, let's just move on. (laughs) Let's just move on. We we are designed to contain his presence. Paul said, it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. We were designed to contain the presence of God. That's pretty powerful. Powerful. Where where does God, when you accept Jesus as Lord, where does he go? He comes to live inside of you. And then he lives his life through you. We're designed to contain his Holy Spirit, his word, his fruit, his nature, his holiness, and his righteousness. We were all designed to contain that and to carry it around with us wherever we go. And to produce it in our lives. To display it in our lives. Hallelujah. So there's different stages that the potter takes the clay through. He, uh, he starts to mold and fashion and form it. Then it has to dry. Then it has to be fired up. And then it has to be uh, cooled down. So it's a long process. God is working on you for your life. God doesn't stop working on you until you get to where you need to be. Amen? He's working on us. All right? So let's look at um, some of these stages Let's look at how God forms us. All right, he forms us. That means he we are custom designed. Look look at look at God. Not one of us look the same. There's not one fingerprint in this room that is exactly alike. Say I'm unique. We ought to celebrate our uniqueness. Well, no, I want to be like so-and-so. If you try to be like so-and-so, you're second best because you're not being like who you are. Just be who you are. Own who God created you to be. You don't need to be like anybody else. God wants diversity. He's a creator. He likes different designs. He likes color. He likes size. He likes shape. Hallelujah. It's the devil that wants to put diversities against people but God doesn't so God forms us he works in us go to psalm 139 psalm 139 hallelujah we're talking about the potter and the clay Notice what he says in verse uh, 14. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Say I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That, that ought to, we ought to be praising God for that. Amen? And it's only man who tries to make himself into something that he wasn't created to be. You know, when you try to make yourself into something that you weren't created to be, you're kind of disagreeing with your maker. You're telling your maker that you you, you did you did a bad job. You didn't do the right thing. No, that's a lie. That's a lie. God made you who you are. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. Does your soul know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? That you, you, you were made good. You know, God, when God created the world, he said, he looked at it and said, it was good. But when he created you, he said, this is very good. He added that extra adjective. And God doesn't use adjectives lightly. Say, I'm very good. Hallelujah. And then he says, verse 15, my substance was not hid from you when I was made in secret. And curiously wrought... In the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect. And in your book all my members were written. Which in continuous were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me. Say God's thinking about me. They're precious thoughts. They're good thoughts. God never thinks about harming you. Unless we just sin and just reject him. Like, you know, God told Moses, he said, Moses, step out of the way. I I want to destroy this people and I'll start over with you. And Moses said, no, he interceded. Thank God for intercessors. Did you know an intercessor may have saved your life? Hallelujah. So God wrote a book about you. He thinks about you. Great is the sum of them. Hallelujah. Go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. Look at what he said about Jeremiah, verse 5. Before I what? Formed you. That's something that a potter does. He forms the clay into what he wants it to be. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. God knew that you were going to be before you were. That's powerful. And before you came forth from the womb, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet unto the nations. Jeremiah was born to be a prophet. I was born to be a pastor. Dr. Fiona was born to be a prophet and a solution maker. You were born to be something. You were, you were designed. God made you on purpose. You were not an accident. I don't care how you got to this earth. You were not an accident. You were designed by God who fearfully and wonderfully made you. He formed you and he knew you before you were in the womb. You were meant to be here on this earth at this time. You were meant to be alive at this time. God, God, God knew it so. That's how important he thinks you are. God didn't make a mistake. He has perfect knowledge. Hallelujah. And then verse 6, then Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I'm a child. (laughs) But the Lord said, say not I'm a child. Stop saying what you can't do and start saying what you can do. When God tells you to do something, don't focus on the can'ts. Focus on the cans because miracles come in cans. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Miracles don't come in cants. We need a swift kick in our cants. Kick the cants to the curb. For you shall go to all that I send you, and whatsoever I command you, you shall speak. Say, God's got this. If you don't know how to function as you, he'll show you. You can go to the manufacturer and you can find out how this thing works. He gave us a manual from the manufacturer. You know, every vehicle comes with a manufacturer's manual, right? It tells you when when you should change the oil, when you should rotate the tires, when you should do maintenance, right? Well, God gave us a book. Right? He tells us when we should do, what we should do, how we should do it. It tells us where we came from, where we're going, and how we're going to get there. Amen? You know, God thought of everything. So He formed us. Psalm, 1, You don't have to turn there, but Psalm 119.73 says, Your hands have made me and fashioned me and gave me understanding to obey your commandments. Say, God's hand made me. And oftentimes, Spiritually, when the anointing would come on the prophets, it's that they often described it as the hand of the Lord would come upon me. And when the hand of God comes upon you, you can do great and mighty things. The hand of the Lord would come upon Samson, and it would make him a strong warrior. The hand of uh, would come on Elijah, and he, 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 he could run faster than chariots. God's hand needs to be on the clay. Hallelujah. He he molded me like clay. And he fashioned you. He formed you. He created you. He made you in the womb. He fashioned you. He shaped you. Hallelujah. And uh, he molded you. Now go to Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18. Are you doing good so far? Are you ready for a touch? I mean, if the Lord wants me to talk about a potter, he intends to touch someone today. And when the Lord touches you, he's going to heal you. He's going to deliver you. He's going to fill you. He's going to save you. Whatever you need, his touch can do. His touch can bring about. Amen? Jeremiah 18 verse 1. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. You know, the potter likes to speak over the clay. As clay, we have direct communication with God. As clay, we can hear his voice. Amen? Verse 3, then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he was making a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. You know, if, if a potter has too much moisture, the thing he's making won't maintain its shape. If he doesn't have enough moisture, it gets sticky and the clay becomes resistant to the work of the potter. All things I learned about the potter. So he has to have things just right. So this vessel that he was making was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again. Say he made it again. Let me tell you something. Sin. It marred humanity, but God remade humanity in Christ. He took the old clay that was marred and he made us brand new. If any man be in Christ, what are you? You're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Mar pieces are gone. Mistakes are gone. Flaws are gone. In the name of Jesus. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's an entirely new creation. He, 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 and it, the, this new creation, that's what God designed. That's what pleased God. He made it based on what it pleases Him. He remade you in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. He told Israel, he said, can I do that with you? He said, verse 6, O house of Israel, can I not, cannot I do that with you as a potter? Says the Lord. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in mine hand, O house of Israel. Because Israel had a pattern of obeying God, experiencing his blessing, then disobeying God and experiencing his judgment. It was like this. They might have been at Hershey Park. That was a roller coaster. Right? The Fahrenheit or something. I don't know. Up and down. Up and down. Up and down. You read the book of Judges. That's what it was about. They'd obey God. Everything would be good. They'd disobey God and, a, and an army would come in and oppress them. Then God would have to raise up a judge or deliver. Then he would deliver. Then things would be good. Then we'd just go back right into the cycle again. Is that describing your life? You're doing the Texas two-step. You take two steps forward, three steps back. You never feel like you're making progress. You got to break out of that cycle. The master can break you out of that cycle. He can break you out of that cycle today. So that he can propel you forward. And you'll be like this. Steady, steadfast in the Lord. You'll reach your cruising altitude with no turbulence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to, go to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. Hallelujah! Look at verse twenty-four. See God. God made us. He made mankind. But then, sin marred us on the wheel. And so God, just like clay, he can remake. He remade you. He used a different model. He used a different mold. You know, you could take liquid clay, which is clay mixed with water, and you could put it in a plastic mold, and when the water uh, dissipates, it leaves the clay, and it leaves the shape of what it was in. God remade us in Christ Jesus. He put us in a new mold, right? Right? And now, when we came out of that mold, we didn't look like we were. We looked like Christ. And when God looks at you, he sees Christ Jesus. That's who he sees you as. You are as righteous as Jesus Christ. Oh. Yeah, well, it's his righteousness. If he gives us his righteousness, that makes us righteous as him. As holy, be holy, for I'm holy. Well, how can we be holy as he is holy? Because he gives us his holiness. Amen? And you don't have to kiss his ring. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4. Well, look at verse 23. Ephesians 4, 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You've got to think differently. You and the potter have to reconnect. Verse 24 and that put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Say, I'm recreated in righteousness and true holiness. Hallelujah. The thing that marred you was taken out, the thing that marred you is gone. It can't mar you anymore. You've been cured of the mar. Of the disfigurement. Of the hindrance. Hallelujah. We're made in God's image. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. And look at verse 10. And have put on the new man. Have you put him on today? You know, getting saved is like changing a garment. It's that easy. Put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Hallelujah. God desires to remake you and recreate you into a different image. God's an image maker. If you don't like your image find a new image in Christ Jesus. Amen. And walk like your Christ. Live like your Christ. Speak like your Christ. Think like your Christ. And I'm going to finish today with this story. Go to the Gospel of John. Gospel of John, chapter 9. Hallelujah. John chapter 9, verse 1. And Jesus, as Jesus passed by, you know what? As Jesus is passing by, you need to get his attention. How do you get his attention? By faith. By believing in him. By trusting in him. You, if Jesus is passing by, your faith will cause him to stop where you are. Because faith pleases God. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. His physical characteristic was marred by the sin, the original sin that entered the world through Adam. Okay? I have to clarify that. So Jesus noticed someone of his creation that had something physical wrong with him. Okay? And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus said, Neither has this man sin nor his parents but that the works of god should be made manifest in him say the works of god yeah it wasn't a particular sin that this man did or his parents did it was the original sin because the bible said when sin entered the world death through sin romans five twelve tells us that so death did not death was not in this world until sin was present but when sin happened that brought death in okay Why do people get born? Why are people born with abnormalities? Because of the original sin. Because it put a curse on the earth. It changed. It changed the nature. The earth, as it is now, was not like it was at the time of Adam. Because it changed. A curse came on this earth. It's called the fall of man. It affected all mankind. Uh, There weren't thorns until sin. Then thorns became an issue. Right. So it wasn't this man's personal sin, nor his parents, but God wanted to do a work in him. The potter wanted to touch him. The potter wanted to recreate this physical hindrance of this man's life. Verse 4, I must work the works of him that sent me. God sent a potter to the earth. He sent a master creator, a master potter called Jesus to the earth to recreate, to destroy the works of the devil and to do the works of God. Hallelujah. The night comes where no man can work. See, God works in the light. As as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he gave him the word. He gave him the word of the Lord. He gave him the word which is life and spirit. He spoke the word to him. He spat on the ground and King James said he made clay. Why? Because the eye of this man was born inoperable. The eye of this man was born where he couldn't see. He was born blind. He he had never seen before, but there came a potter who saw his condition and he wanted to touch him. He wanted to change his condition. He wanted to make his condition better. He he spit on the ground. That's some holy spit. See, because in order to form clay, it has to be moist. Nothing more moist than the spit of God. He spat on the ground... And made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. He took the clay with his hands. He put it in the eye sockets of the man. He rubbed it in. He was forming. He was fashioning. He was shaping. He was molding eyeballs in this man's eye that could function, that could operate, and that could see. And he said unto him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. When he went his way, that's his act of faith. The man was given an act of faith. He had to trust people to take him to the pool. Jesus spit on the ground, made clay, put it in his eyes, but he wasn't healed yet. He had to follow the instruction. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. And when he went and washed, what happened? He came seeing. His eyes were recreated. He was given brand new eyes. The old eyes that were marred with uh, blindness were recreated, were remade, were refashioned, were reshaped, were reformed into seeing eyes. And when he went and washed that clay, it's like putting the clay in the kiln in the fire. He he put it in the fire. He let it cool down. And when he came, he washed that clay out of his eyes. He had brand new eyes. He had brand new vision. And he could see for the first time in his life. That's the work of God. The work of God is always to help you. The work of God is always to change a negative into a positive. The work of God is here for you today in the name of Jesus. God is still working. He still punched in on the clock. Just because he went to heaven, he didn't stop working, he sent his best supervisor, the Holy Spirit, here. And he's still working. He can still do this today. He can still make you see today. He can still heal your body today. He can still touch you today because that's what he wants to do. That's what a potter does. Just let me get a hold of that clay and I can change it. I can take that marred piece. I can remove it and I could put something new. I can recreate it. So it's better, and it works, and it functions in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You believe God can heal you today? And then there was, I'm not going to go to the whole issue, but there was a whole issue of this guy. The Pharisees didn't believe him. They kept asking him. They kicked him out of the synagogue. Can you imagine that? You get healed, and you conceive for the first time in your life, and you get kicked out of the church because you're not part of religion. And then Jesus met him afterwards. He said, do you believe in the Savior? He said, who is the Savior? He said, I'm talking to you. He says, I believe. Amen. The man wasn't even saved when he got healed. That's the grace of God. That's the goodness of God. That's the love of the potter. Hallelujah. And his love is here today for you. If you got something wrong in your body today, let the potter touch you. He can recreate. He, he, he can make bone. He can he can give you a new organ. Hallelujah. He can give you strength where you were weak. He can cause something to work that hadn't worked in years. Glory to God. That's what the potter does. He came to do that today for you because he loves you. He loves you. You're sitting on his potter wheel right now. And you're not out of his touch. He's got long enough arms where he can touch you right where you're at. Hallelujah heavenly father i ask you right now in the name of jesus to stretch forth your hand and if you need healing in your body i want you to come up here right now in the name of jesus i want to i know it may be different but uh, we believe in the laying on of hands and we believe in the transfer of of god's power i believe that when i lay my hands on people they're going to get healed because that's what the bible says you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover